Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our worship this morning shouldn't be for this morning only, Lord. We should live worshiping you, responding appropriately to who you've revealed yourself to be in your word. Now, as we turn our attention to your word, I just pray that we allow your Holy Spirit to convict us of your truth for the purpose of growing in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are taking a one-Sunday break from our study in the Gospel of John. We've been going through the Gospel of John verse by verse, but this morning we are going to have a one-week break. As said, this would be called a standalone sermon in the professional jargon of pastoral ministry. And as we get started this morning, I just want to share something that happened at the White House this past June 10th. The current administration of the White House hung a progressive flag, as you can see here from the image, right smack dab in the middle, anchored on each side of an American flag. Now, for those of you that might be thinking that this was an illegal hanging of the flag, because as we know, the United States flag should always reign supreme above all other flags. Well, that is only true if they are upright, but if they are draped in a banner style, this is not illegal, but that's not the reason why we're bringing this up this morning. I just want to teach a little bit really quickly and share with you what I learned recently. I didn't know this. This is news to my ears as well, about the progressive flag The progressive flag is actually an extension of the pride flag. The progressive flag is an extension because it's added a few colors. It's added the colors white, pink, light blue, brown, and black. And this is for the purpose of representing the transgender community. So you have LGBTQ+, and then now you have the progressive flag to include the transgender community. Civilizations, though, unfortunately... Adopting such practices is actually nothing new. This isn't new behavior. So don't go thinking that we are inventing new ways in which to sin. We're not. We're not inventing new ways to sin, nor are we inventing new ways to accept not only our own sin, but the sin of others. See, take Sodom and Gomorrah, for example. God sent two of his angels down to investigate the immorality, the sexual immorality of Sodom and Gomorrah. These two angels were invited in by Lot. If you remember the story, they were invited by Lot to stay with them. And when they stayed with Lot, the men of Sodom and Gomorrah surrounded Lot's house and demanded that the men come out. Now, why did they want these men to come out? It wasn't that they wanted to rob them of their wealth, not to say that they were wealthy, Their sole intention for wanting these men to come out, and I'm going to go ahead and share this because it is the truth from the text. They wanted these men to come out so they could rape these men. 
Lot then offered his two virgin daughters to the men, to this horde of rapists. They refused the two virgins in favor of the two men who they thought were men, but they were actually angels. God then destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, and as the Bible tells us, raining down brimstone and fire. Only the righteous in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah were spared. That would have been Lot and his family. And if you remember, his wife looked back when she was told not to. But everybody else, all the unrighteous, were exterminated. Brothers and sisters, this is key for this morning. This was God's wrath. What happened in Sodom and Gomorrah was a result of God's wrath upon sin. Brothers and sisters, this is God's wrathful response that we see right here in Deuteronomy 29-23. It's not going to be on the screen. Allow me to read this for you. All its land is brimstone and salt, burned debris, unsown and unproductive, and no grass grows on it. Like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zedboam, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in his wrath. However, God's wrath is not always fire and brimstones. Take the ancient Greeks, for example. The ancient Greeks had a custom, it was part of their culture, to where an older domineering man would take a young boy under the age of 18 and dominate him in any way, shape, or form. Now, this was acceptable to the Greeks because the Greeks thought it was okay for a man to dominate somebody who was submissive, so either they would dominate a boy under the age of 18, or they would dominate their females. The problem became so with the boy. Once he turned 18, he became a man, and it was no longer okay for a grown man to dominate another grown man. And I think you understand what I'm saying when I say dominate. The type of domination that we see in the text from Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot and the two angel visitors at his home. It was so pervasive in this culture. It wrecked havoc upon this culture in such a way that the young boys, once they were of age to marry... They were so used to being dominated by a male that the bride on their wedding night would have to dress up in male garments, lay in a completely darkened room on the bed, and actually have to pretend that she was a, another man in order for this boy who just became a man to now get accustomed to having sexual relations with somebody from the opposite sex. See, the issue with this is it led to God's wrath as well. In fact, the Greeks had a 300-year drought, which weakened their culture, their empire, their nation to such a point to where the Romans could come in in 146 B.C. and defeat them in the battle of Corinth. 
Speaking of the Romans, they weren't spared from God's wrath either, were they? We know a thing or two about the Romans. Same-sex relationships were accepted in Roman culture. The Roman emperor Nero, if you remember, actually had an ancestral affair with his own mother, Agrippina. So, Roman culture, Greek culture, and we also see once again the same, God's wrath upon Roman culture. Just like the Greeks, this wrath wasn't fire and brimstones, though. It doesn't always have to be. Rome fell to corruption and division within their political system. Hmm. Does that sound familiar to you? Homosexuality and immoral sexual behavior should sound familiar as well. Brothers and sisters, just look at the progressive flag that was hung on our nation's White House June 10th, 2023. God's wrath isn't coming for our culture. I'm going to say that again. God's wrath isn't coming for our culture. Why? Because we're special? Because we're a Christian nation? Is that why I'm saying this? No. Not even close. God's wrath isn't coming to our culture because it's already here. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. When culture deviates. When culture deviates. Today, as I stated earlier, we're going to be taking a break from the Gospel of John. We're going to be in the book of Romans. We're looking at chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. Today, we're going to witness cultural deviation from God's truth. And then God's subsequent wrath upon a culture that deviates from His truth. We're going to hear from God things like this. This is what we're going to hear today in the text. We're going to hear, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. And as far as God's wrath already being upon our culture, we're going to hear things like this. Those who practice such things are worthy of death. They not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Hearty approval to those who practice them. As in the progressive flag hanging from the White House. Oh, and be, before we, we get into our text, we must define what God's wrath truly is. God's wrath is His love in action against sin. His love in action against sin. Not my definition. This comes from Josh Schumann. But His love in action against sin. Therefore, God's wrath is just. God's wrath should be feared. God's wrath is found in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And most importantly, God's Wrath was satisfied in Jesus. Let's go ahead and get into our text this morning. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 
32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their reasoning and in their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image of, in the form of corruptible mankind, of birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them up to the vile impurity and the lust of their hearts, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for falsehood, and worshipped and served the, or the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for that which is contrary to nature, and likewise the men too abandoned natural relations with women and burned in their desire toward one another, males with males committing shameful acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a depraved mind to do these things that are not proper. People having been filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, and evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents without understanding, untrustworthy, unfeeling, and unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Amen. As we look to put these verses into one simple sentence that becomes our main idea, it looks just like this. When culture deviates from God's word, wrath is sure to follow. It's just that simple. When culture deviates from God's word, wrath is sure to follow. And we look no further than when we get started right here in verse 18 where it says the wrath of God was revealed and we know that the wrath of God was first revealed to us in Scripture in the days of Noah. God's wrath destroyed all of mankind except for Noah and the eight people in his family. So the wrath of God was revealed also then at the Tower of Babel. God's wrath confounded language and scattered mankind across the globe. We are seeing evidence of God's wrath in the Old Testament. So if we know that God has already revealed His wrath, then we know that His wrath is being revealed presently and one day, one day will be revealed in its entirety. God's wrath is almost being foreshadowed. And then one day when Jesus returns, as we see in Revelation 19, when Jesus comes back riding the white horse, His wrath will be seen in its entirety against the sin 
of the world. His wrath is reserved for the ungodly. Now, what makes you ungodly? What makes you ungodly is your unfaith in Jesus. You're not godly because you've done so much good work in your life and you're a good person. That doesn't make you godly. Living the good Christian life, whatever that means, that doesn't make you godly. Your faith in Jesus makes you godly. Your acceptance of the fact that you were born a sinner, that you've chosen to repent of said sin and have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior because of His work that He has already done, has been doing since the time that He did the work that He did upon the cross and then will complete His work upon His second coming. Your faith in all of that makes you godly, but God's wrath wrath is reserved for those who are ungodly, who have no faith in any of that whatsoever. His wrath is also reserved for the unrighteous, which is really the exact same as the ungodly, because what makes us righteous is our faith in Jesus. And his wrath is reserved for those, as it says right here, suppress the truth. Brothers and sisters, just remember where that progressive flag hung on June 10th, 2023. And remember that administrations prior to had already lit up the White House in pride colors. There's nothing new here. This isn't new stuff. This isn't new. I'm sure Sodom and Gomorrah hung up their pride as well. God's wrath isn't coming because God's wrath is already here. And according to verses 19 and 20, there will be no excuse. Absolutely no excuse. Nobody will stand before the Lord with an excuse that says that which is known about God is evident. Nobody has an excuse. No one can look at the sun, moon, and stars and say, hmm, yeah, I think mankind made that. In God's creation, He has revealed Himself as the Creator. For since the creation, as it says here in the text, God has made Himself known. And we believers know that He has made Himself known through Jesus. Which is why we can stand before Him in confidence. Because we have faith. We know that we are the godly. We know that we are the righteous because of the work of Jesus. And also we know that we can stand before Him in confidence because we know that Jesus bore God's wrath for us. Sadly, it's those who do not know Jesus who will approach God's judgment with an inexcusable excuse as to why they were continuing on, on their sin. And most oftentimes, it's just a fear of man. It's just people being scared of other people and wanting to make them feel good so they look good. They don't want to ruffle any feathers. Never allow what others think about you or perceive about you or may just judge you on triumph over the truth found in God's word. This is the difference between general and special revelation that we're talking about. General revelation, as we've said, it's been made evident to all men. Sun, moon, and stars, 
No man has ever made the sun, moon, and stars. Only a design by a divine creator could do such a thing. Special revelation is us believers having a saving faith in Jesus. The gospel being revealed to us. The gospel is foolishness to the rest of the world, but it makes all the sense in the world to us. That's special revelation. When you receive God's grace and repent and believe in Jesus, no man will be without excuse. So as we continue on and we, we just start with verse 21, it reveals that God's wrath is reserved for those who reject him. That's really what we're seeing here. See, the root of all sin, and, and, and I'm going to say this very slowly, the root of all sin is pride. See, the, the root of all sin is pride. Therefore, it's no wonder that June in the United States of America is Pride Month. We understand this from verse 21. What does it say? For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. Pride gives no honor. Pride gives no thanks. Pride replaces the God of creation with the God of self. Pride is when the fools are claiming to be wise. Pride is when man worships the creation rather than the Creator. Brothers and sisters, we cannot exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for our pride. There is no replacing God. In our pride, we replace God with ourselves. We give God, honor and glory because He's worthy of honor and glory. But the question we could be asking at this point is, why is God worthy of honor and glory? Why is it that God is worthy and we're not? How is it that God is worthy of honor and glory, but we aren't? And I'm willing to share this with you, and this is truth that you must take a note if you take notes. God is worthy of all honor and glory because He is first and foremost holy. Satan knows God's Word. Our adversary understands God's Word, but only for the purpose of manipulating God's Word. Just the other day, I saw a couple at Publix. And the one individual of the relationship had a hat on, rainbow colored, that said, love is 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 love. Like, what are you trying to tell me? Because I would tell you what God's word says right here in Romans 1, that I'm not loving. I'm not loving you. Well, that's according to this person's definition of love. But God is first and foremost holy. He is loving, but His holiness comes first. God's holiness is His central moral attribute. All, of other, all the other attributes of God come from His holiness. 
Every other one comes because of his holiness. His mercy is due to his holiness, his grace, his righteousness, his justice, his wisdom, his omniscience, his sovereignty, his omnipotence, his immutability, his truth, his eternity, his love, and his wrath are due to the fact that he is holy. Holiness is the opposite of sinfulness. You can't take sinful behavior and say that somebody else is wrong because you deem it to be righteous in and of yourself. Therefore, you are laying a foundation of pride for which in the ground that you stand on. All why the fools are playing games as we see here in the text. Because that love is love is love is love is love is love is just fools playing games. Playing games according to fools' own wisdom as we see right here in the text. Well, you know what they say about playing games. It's that old saying, play stupid games and win stupid prizes. And the prize to be won if you play such games is the wrath of God. And this brings us to our first point this morning. God's wrath is reserved for those who deny His glory. God's wrath is reserved for those who deny His glory. Pride is the root of all sin. So anytime you see any type of pride as it pertains to the flag in which we started off with this morning, the pride flag or the progressive flag or anything that is associated with that community that is rooted on their own pride. They're not honoring God. They're denying God His honor and glory. They're trying to bring honor and glory upon themselves. This is what happens when culture deviates. And if God is a holy God, and if holiness is the opposite of sinfulness, a holy God cannot allow for this type of behavior to go without being punished. God's wrath isn't coming. Again, God's wrath is already here. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. He's given us every single indicator that we need to know that our culture is going against His word. Again, our main idea states that when culture deviates from God's word, wrath is sure to follow. Now, we've already mentioned that pride is when fools worship the creation rather than the creator. But as we jump in here to verse 24, however, there's a consequence to this behavior. What does it say? God gave them up to vile impurity and the lusts of their hearts. Gave them up. See, this denotes a holy God who has actually withdrawn his protection. That's what this is really saying. Paul's reminding us that, no, God was once protecting you, and he is no longer going to protect you. Therefore, the violator is subject to the consequences of their sinful behavior. Do you know that STDs have steadily been rising since 2014? Did you know that murders are up 30% since 2019 just right here in the United States of America? 
Did you know that the average young man first observes pornographic material at the age of 11 and girls by the age of 13? Did you know that you used to have to go to a bookstore to get something like that, but now you can just open up Facebook and it pops right up? Yeah, I said Facebook. There's pornographic material on Facebook. Heterosexual immorality is the first indication of a culture that's deviated from God's word. When you see heterosexual immorality, you know that that's the first indicator that culture has deviated from God's word. Do you want to know what the nail in the coffin is? It's what comes next. It's homosexuality. Again, God gave them up to vile impurity and the lust of their hearts. A murderous society is no different. As murder is actually the result of pride as well. It's the type of pride that will do anything to protect oneself. I'm sure our elder Bill Murphy being a long-standing captain of homicide for Lee County, could tell you as much. I'm sure most of the murder investigations that he partook in were people just trying to protect themselves from any number of things. But it all could be traced back to the pride of their hearts. Why are these things increasing? Why is it that we see such an increase in these things in our culture? Well, it's simple. We've already, we've already had Paul tell us. It's because God gave them up. God has withdrawn his protection. Brothers and sisters, from the top to the bottom, from the upper echelon of the administrative class to the bottom dwellers of the lower class, we are a culture of sexually immoral murderers. I'm not even going to go out and say it, but I'll just use the word island. That's the upper echelon, right? That scandal that broke a few years ago, and we see it all the way at the bottom. We are a culture of sexually immoral murderers. And right there in verse 26, we're, we're fortunately in a position that God takes action against such behavior. That's actually a good thing. We should welcome God's wrath upon our culture. At this stage in the game, especially with what we know about the eventual end game, we know nobody's getting any better. What does it say? He gave them over to degrading passions. We live in a culture where both men and women openly practice homosexuality. It happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Again, none of this is new. Just like the Greeks, you can read up about the Romans. We're saying the same things over and over again, and even the White House currently hung the progressive flag. Brothers and sisters, can it be more evident? Can it be more obvious? Do you need further proof that God gave the leadership of our nation 
over to, as it says here, degrading passions. Oh, but it gets worse. It gets much worse than that. Just when you thought it was bad, it gets much worse because as we'll see right here in verses 28 through 31, take a look at the middle of verse 28 where it says this, God gave them up to a depraved mind. See, there's no coming back from a depraved mind. Once you're given up to that, it's over. The word depraved in the original language in the Greek in which this was written, it means to not be able to stand up to the test. See, it was common in the day that this was written, it was a common term used of metals that were rejected by refiners because of their impurities. Simply the metals would just be discarded. They couldn't be used anymore. The same words being used here because they were considered worthless and useless. Therefore, the minds that deny God are spiritually worthless and useless. Those of a depraved mind are those who are unbelievers, but not just unbelievers that can't become believers. We're talking about unbelievers who in their pride have denied the honor and glory that is reserved for the Lord. We see evidence of this also in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 30, where it says, they call them rejected. This will be on the screen for you. They call them rejected silver because the Lord has rejected them. They call them rejected silver because the Lord has rejected them. So if we know that God's wrath is upon our culture and we see what we're seeing from our leadership, then that nail in the coffin mentioned earlier went straight into the coffin of the United States of America. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says that sounds good from a Christian perspective. Even recently, Even recently, we have some politicians saying the right things. It's all talk. It's all talk. How do you get to the top amongst others with a depraved mind that have been given up to a depraved mind? You don't get there any other way than through your own prideful ambitions. Brothers and sisters, the rhetoric you're hearing isn't pessimism. That, that's not what I'm here to do this morning. This is actually optimism. For us believers, we know that God satisfied His wrath in Jesus. See, that means that we have hope. We have hope. We have a future because we have Jesus. So as we look at our last verse, I find verse 32 to be interesting. It says, although they know the ordinances of God. It reminds me of this evil that's being mentioned. See, it's actually illegal amongst most societies for some of these things that actually happen. 
We, we live in a culture where the administrative class says, do as I say, not as I do. When was the last time you heard one politician accuse another politician of the same wrongdoing? <laughs> not that long ago, right? When we see that type of behavior and we read the truth of God's word, it should be such a stark comparison. The difference between the lies of this world and the truth of God's word are as black and white as it can get. They not only do the same, as it says, but also approve of those who practice them. That's the state of our culture. We have a culture that approves of sinful behavior. And then it's put right in our face of where they're at. That encourages me, and I hope it encourages you, because it just reminds me of everything God's Word tells us. It reminds me of why Jesus has to come back in Revelation 19, riding the white horse, making war. So as Joe comes up and we close out this morning, I, I, I think it's appropriate for us to be encouraged to pray for salvations. We need to pray that people come to a saving faith in Jesus. That's, that's the only hope. We need to be praying for the leadership of our nation and other nations around the world. Even though we know the end game result, but between now and then, we need to be praying for our leaders. It's one thing to take pride in your own sin, but it's entirely more depraved to approve of someone else's. Unfortunately, this is the state of our culture. The promotion of sexual immorality, the promotion of homosexuality, the promotion of transgenderism, legislation that's put into law that protects those who want to take pride in such behavior. This is the vile and righteousness that's being practiced. These acts directly violate God's word. See, this is like certain ant species that have been known to be, inhabit Africa. The worker ants, once they go out of the nest, if rival ants sneak in and kill the queen, even though these worker ants are far from the nest, they can sense that their queen has died. And when that happens, they wander about in confusion and chaos. They become uncoordinated and they can no longer function accordingly. And upon her death, they'll rush around in an uncoordinated fashion until they will die too. This is like sinful man. This is like us. Even in mankind's sinful denial of God's word, he cannot function properly apart from God and himself is only destined for death. This is what happens when culture deviates. We have hope. We have a future because we have faith that Jesus took God's wrath for us. 
but those who have pride and deny the honor and glory due to God and God alone will experience the wrath of God. And what we get to do is watch how the Lord is foreshadowing His eventual once and for all wrath to come as we see our culture continue to progressively deviate from God's Word. And this brings us to our second point. All acts of unrighteousness are worthy of death. All acts of unrighteousness are worthy of death. Again, our first point stated that God's wrath is reserved for those who deny His glory. And finally, our main idea this morning stated that when culture deviates from God's wrath, or God's word, wrath is sure to follow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that we can be a church that can be counter to culture in such a way that we can share the gospel your good news of salvation. You are our hope. Our life to come is our hope. Use us to share that hope so others can come to a saving faith in you. And Lord, we also want to pray for the leaders of our nation. We pray that you can save those who have not yet been given up to a depraved mind. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.